You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. And as if you thought that you were going to be immune from the COVID passes in the U.S., well, you're not. You're going to get them too. And it's being introduced by Governor Meatball. Yeah, Governor Cuomo is being introduced by Governor Cuomo himself. How you doing today, Bruce? Yeah, doing well. Healthy life. How about yourself? You know, I, I don't I don't really have a good answer for that because half of me says, all right, let's uh, let's get on with it. Right. Let's see what you got. Right. And in, in response to like, uh, you know, covid passports. And then the other half of me is like, you know what? I don't want to get on with it. I just want to deal with you people face to face. Let's get this over with. I tell you what, let's put all this stuff aside. Right. Let's get let's go out in the street. And we will settle this. I assure you, we will settle this. Let's just let's do it like in, mm-hmm. let's do it like we used to do in the neighborhoods. I'll meet you out in the street mm-hmm. at six o'clock. Yeah, and we'll get on with it. Yeah, I'll meet mm-hmm. to use a school analogy. I'll meet you at the bike rack at two thirty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then we'll fix yeah. this. We'll settle this. And you know something? Back in those days, when it was over, it was over. Yeah, you didn't yeah. have a problem again after that. Yeah. Yeah, usually uh, there was actually kind of a, a respect that you earn in that in that you, you, it, it's kind of an really it's it's an animal kingdom kind of primal thing to where you showed who the alpha male is, if you will. And uh, the other one was a little more submissive. And in fact, some of my friends in school were people that we had uh, beefs with one another and duked it out. And then uh, we were good buddies afterward. So mm-hmm. but I, I sympathize with the. Uh, sympathize i share really the the same emotion there i've kind of been um please challenge me <laughs> please come yeah at me. bring it just just bring it come what what is the what's the what's the uh the thing over there what's the saying come at me bro is that, yeah, is that what me, people say come at me yeah. bro Let, yeah. let's get on with it right get get out of your ivory towers you scum that have barricaded yourself look how pathetic are you you know i saw a new video of klaus today Dear old Klaus. Yeah, Klaus Schwab down in Switzerland. I saw a new video. There's a new video of him out. I don't have the audio ready. I'll, I'll just have to like, we'll, we'll get to it tomorrow because I think Marty's going to be back tomorrow. So we'll just play it tomorrow. We'll push it back because there's plenty to talk about with uh, with Klaus and what's going on in the UK and all the rest of it. But um, I heard it today and I'm sitting there and I'm listening to it and I'm like, I start laughing like halfway through it. I'm literally I'm laughing at at what he's saying because he's like, we're going to end the system that we had after the end of the war. And it's like, (laughs) I'm like, I'm start laughing. Do you know why I'm laughing? This guy is literally if you if you go back and you read about the uh, like the medieval times in Europe, if you go back and you read about that time, do you know what Klaus Schwab reminds me of? When he starts talking about nonsense like that, he reminds me of the village idiot. That's what he reminds me of. He's literally like he's literally he's not an intellectual. He's not some he's not some holier than thou person. He's the village idiot. That's what he is. That's what he is. He has no connection to the real world. None. And yet he's like Bill Gates, right? He has no connection to the real world. But yet he's going to make you eat a steak made out of cockroach guts. Right. I mean, and you're going to like it. Yeah. And you're going to like it. You'll get used to it. That's what he said. He actually said that you'll get used to the taste. That's fine. Because right now, if you get a uh, a lab printed steak, if you get one of those now, I mean, it only tastes like something that you would find in the delicacy section of, oh, I don't know, Dow Chemicals. So, I mean, you know, the, the, these people are they're, they're idiots. <laughs> they're idiots. I, I just. Yeah. Uh, I just can't help. They're wealthy, though. They're wealthy they, idiots. But so it's inflated wealth. It's inflated wealth. It's not. I, it's not their wealth. Yeah, it, it's not their wealth, though. That's that's not it. That's not it. That's just a means to get them to point A to point B. The problem that we are facing is is the fact that they have power and political influence. It, the power is what gives them that political influence. It's not the money. I mean, the money's easy enough, right? Money's just, and I've always been confused by this. You always hear that money's the root of all evil, right? That's usually the saying, but that's a misnomer. Mm-hmm. It's the love of money mm-hmm. is the root of all evil, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's the same that, thing. That's a, 
distinctive qualifier there. But uh, the bit I was referencing is, is people are more willing to listen to a rich fool than they are a uh, wise poor man. Uh, that's the, true. That's basically what that's I'm true. getting alluding well, to. So I led with COVID-19 passports coming to a city near you. Well, New York is starting the pilot program, aren't they? They're starting. Yeah. Governor Cuomo has decided to, and he we'll, we'll get into him, but he's he's decided to um, take the initiative on this. Well, he's got to do something to make himself look good, doesn't he? He's got to do something. He's got to do something to take the uh, the smell off of him at the moment. It's horrible what they're putting this guy through, isn't it? I mean, okay, to be fair, to be fair, he deserves his day in court. Okay, he's hired a defense attorney. Don't mind the fact it was the same guy that represented Harvey Weinstein. Don't mind that at all. I understand why he did that. He hired that guy because if he can represent Harvey Weinstein for all those years, well, then he'd probably serve Cuomo pretty well in those types of allegations. Now, again, he's going to have his day in court for that. But that's the wrong issue, I think. That's the wrong issue. You've got upwards of some reports, depending on which numbers you look at, which reports you look at, because it's all over the charts. But if you look at the least number of deaths, you're around 6,500, I think. The maximum number they're saying is somewhere upwards of 20,000, roughly of nursing home deaths under uh, Governor Cuomo's orders and edicts. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of a that that's basing it on. Well, that's 50 percent more than we know of, of, basically. It could be a lot more than that, actually. The the majority of deaths were uh, people over 55. So I forget the actual the the exact percentage that were in nursing homes nationwide. But New York has a high uh, number there. Well, regardless, right now we're talking about COVID passports. New York rolls out a pilot. So this is not something that's been proposed and then they're going to think about it. They're doing it. They've rolled out a pilot COVID-19 passport program for entering public venues. See, it just starts somewhere small, just starts somewhere small. Then they'll just squeeze down on it a little bit here, a little bit there. Was this initiated by the government or was this uh, like a a group of businesses that came together and are doing this? Well, it says that it was announced by Governor Andrew Cuomo. So I don't know. My guess would be that he's been tasked as usual, like all the rest of these puppet governments have been tasked to carry out certain things. And that's my guess. I don't know that for a fact. Uh, It doesn't say. Uh, It says that the COVID-19 electronic passport for entering public venues will be a new pilot testing or a new pilot program. As the state works to slowly reopen, I, I'm sorry. The state of Texas did what exactly yesterday? The state of Mississippi did what exactly yesterday? The state of Florida has done what exactly since the start of this thing? I don't see those people using any kind of passports. And hell, if you're in Israel, you know what you get now. If you arrive in Israel, you get a freedom bracelet. Yeah, you see. Yeah, you see how they do that. Freedom bracelet. That's what you get. Or it can go on your ankle, whatever you want, something similar to house arrest, but it's not actually house arrest. See, when you actually put one of these things on, see, you're getting freedom. When you're under house arrest, that's actually freedom. That's how they're selling that. That, that, Seriously, that's how they're selling. You couldn't make it up. They're calling them freedom bracelets. Go look it up. I I heard about it this um, morning. So... I'm assuming you only get one of those if you've been vaccinated and whatnot, right? That's the only... Well, you get one of those if you... Right now. Right now. Because it's just a just a test program. Just a, Yeah, sure. Just a test program. Right now, you get one of those if you arrive in Israel. Now, you have a choice. You have a choice. You can get one of these bracelets, okay? And you have to wear it at all times. And it can go on either your ankle or your, or your wrist. And... You have to quarantine for 14 days. Now, that can either be in your home, of course, if you're a citizen there, in your home. If not, then you can go to a military facility for only 14 days. And if you come out of one of these areas, well, then that little monitor is going to catch you and the police are going to be notified. So, But that's freedom. That's, that's freedom. And it's my understanding that the U.S. is actually weighing this idea as well to certain uh, to a certain degree. But see, the U.S. is actually going a little bit further with it. I, I heard this. The U.S. is going a little bit further with it. They're considering the uh, the shock option if you step out of your house. So if you you get a little zap, you know, just to you know, get back in there, what, what's wrong with you? You know, that, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, by the way, those those bracelets, if you've had COVID-19 or you've uh-huh. been vaccinated, you don't have to do the bracelet thing. Oh, well, how nice. How, how generous of them. How, how generous yeah. of them. Oh, oh, OK. Well, then if that's the case, then you have to get the the green pass, right? The, the digital green pass. You got to get that. Yeah. OK. Yeah. You got to get that. Yeah. Basically. With, with yeah. a little QR code, you know, that convenient thing that's just going to get. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the one in New York City, by the way, or New York in general, is called um, Excelsior Pass. 
Oh, well, how nice. It's got an even more catchy name. It's got yeah. an even more catchy name. Apparently, this is proven secure technology. Now, that's according to the governor's office. And it would allow New Yorkers to flash an electronic passport on their phone to confirm that their COVID vaccinations or recent negative COVID tests before entering theaters, stadiums, or other businesses. The program will be used for upcoming events at Madison Square Garden and Barclays Center. The Excelsior Pass, which was developed by Guess Who? Interesting. They, they kind of have a notorious history of making tracking programs. And, yeah. And, hmm. uh-huh. For those that are wondering, the company that developed the Excelsior Pass that will be used in, I'm guessing, more than just New York here, was developed by a company called IBM. And for those that don't know IBM's checkered past, shall we say, I would advise you to go and look that up and study as to what else that company was involved in when it came to cataloging and tracking people. Mm. I will give them a giant golden star for their effort. And I would also like to mention that um, I'm sure this has nothing to do with it or anything, but Bill Gates's mother was actually on the board for IBM for for years. Yeah, I'm sure it's got nothing to do with anything yet. I'm sure there's... Oh, yeah, nothing about... Uh, his mother or father being for uh, eugenics or population control. Or- well, Bruce, it's not like he ran Planned Parenthood. It's not like he did. Oh, wait, he did do that. Oh, wait. Yeah. Uh, sorry. He was the president yeah, my, my for mistake. Mm. My, my mistake. Yeah. As a matter of fact, Gates was actually in an interview bragging about that. He says, oh, yeah, my father ran Planned Parenthood for years. <laughs> you couldn't make it up. You couldn't make it up. Apparently, this pass was first tested during a Brooklyn Nets game at Barclays on Saturday and a New York Rangers game on Tuesday night. Okay, well, where are the people in the uh, in the media praising it? I haven't seen that. Where are the people out there championing how great it was and and how much they loved it and how convenient what it was and how easy it was? Where are those people? Yeah, looks like it'll it'll have uh, your PCR test record, your name, your date of birth, when the pass expires. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Much like an airline boarding pass, people can access via an app on their phones. The mobile Excelsior Pass lets users print out their passes or keep them in their phones using a wallet app, the governor's office said. Each pass has a unique oh QR code. Yeah, it's, it's the easy things, these QR codes, yeah. That venues can scan to get a person's COVID health status. Well, that's a lot easier. Right, now, here's, here's a good question. Here's a good question. What about people that don't have phones? What about those? Well, then you'll have to go to uh, your local library and use the internet there and print it out at your local library. Uh-huh. So you have a, a printed out. I see. Well, what what if I forget my phone? Uh, well, then you don't get to uh, you don't get to go to the venue. And and what if I have a phone that doesn't ha- think about what I'm about to say? What if I have a phone that doesn't have Google or Apple software? Uh, then you don't get to do the venue either. Oh. So I'm being segregated. I'm being discriminated against. Mm-hmm. But well, this is, it's not even, this is meant to. It, but it's meant to be more inclusive. This is going to be a more inclusive world, right? Uh, yes, we're being more inclusive by being more exclusive. Yes, yes. Just like uh, okay. just like just, we're we're yeah going against racism. Yeah, we we have to be racist to combat racism or destroy the free market to it's save incredible. the free market. <laughs> War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is intelligence, right? Isn't that what Orwell said? Mm-hmm. More yeah. or less, yeah. And ignorance also brings you bliss. So yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty apparent these days, isn't it? Did you see the uh, Did you see the woman that went and got her uh, COVID vaccine in the prom dress? No, I didn't see that. One. You didn't see that? Oh my goodness! Mm. She put it all over social media. She she got dressed up in like this sequence gown and everything, and she said she felt like a movie star, and she felt like she was being treated with with celebrity status when she went to get a vaccine. She's like, oh, I'm. I hope they give me a choice as to which one I can get while I'm here. Mm. Great, uh, great propaganda. Yeah, yeah, it's real nice, isn't it? Cuomo said that as we begin reopening the valves on different sectors of our economy. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Wasn't this guy out just about a month ago saying we don't have time to wait or we'll have no businesses left? Wasn't he wasn't he saying exactly that? If we don't reopen now, we'll have nothing left to reopen. Isn't that what he said? Yeah, well, he doesn't have uh, his ratings are down now, so he's not saving face anymore. Oh, he's just doing so they're going to the throw party. the unpopular covid pass agenda on him because he's already tanking in the polls anyway. So that's all they're doing. Could be actually that that that's an interesting interesting uh-huh. thought there. Uh huh. Because Tanking if you look at the poll is... numbers, yeah, if you look at the poll numbers here for for the COVID pass, 
less than 25% of people actually want it because people weren't consulted. They're having a gun put to their head. Well, that's the other thing is how many of you have heard about this COVID uh, passport or have you not heard about it and you've only been hearing about the sex scandal? It's a good point. Smokescreen. He says, we are putting guidelines in place to ensure individuals attending events involving larger gatherings have tested negative for COVID or have been vaccinated to avoid an outbreak of the virus. The Excelsior Pass will play a critical role in getting information to venues and sites in a secure and streamlined way, allowing us to fast track the reopening of these businesses and getting us one step closer to reaching a new normal. (laughs) Oh, that's a great quote there. A new yeah, normal. A new mm. normal. Yeah. Mm. You can't get normal. That's not on the menu. Yeah, that's not on the menu. It has to be a new normal. Yeah. Translation, this is going to be in your everyday life. Yes. So all they're doing is is they're literally, th- this is what it is. Okay. So the, the passes and all that stuff, that's just the next step in all this. So what this is, we're in a perpetual cycle of the carrot and the stick. That's all this is. They're dangling a little bit in front of you and say, here it is. Come get it. Come get it. And when you get to it, they move the stick and the carrot a little bit further and a little bit further and a little bit further. Yeah. I mean, they're currently using this only at venues that have 10,000 people or more at at 10% capacity. So that that's the only things that are really reopening at this point. But as more venues open, they're saying that New Yorkers will be pressured to use Excelsior uh, Pass to return to a new normal. Right. Well, we we didn't actually come from a new normal. So how can we return to something we've never come from? Well, returning to I I think it's part of their uh, use of words there, returning to normal, but they're throwing in new normal. They're kind of telegraphing what they're going to do to. Yeah. The question I have is privacy. Right. I'm concerned about privacy. Yeah, I'm concerned about that stuff. I've always been concerned about it because, you know, you start dealing in information, you start to learn. And I can tell you this for a fact, your information was not secure over 15 years ago. So if you think it's more secure now, you're sorely mistaken. The governor's office claims, because I believe what comes out of his office, don't you? The governor's office claims robust privacy protections are woven throughout the digital health pass solution, giving individuals a secure, verifiable and trusted way to maintain control of their personal health information using an encrypted digital smartphone wallet or a printed credential. I could actually believe this to a degree, and here's why. They want to encrypt the program as much as possible or have it as secure as possible because you'll have people kind of like, you know, with a, a mindset of freedom and and sticking it to the man, if you will. And they'll go in and hack the program and then start making fake um, passports, if you will, you know, black market for it. So they'll they'll want it to be as secure as possible so that they have more control. Yes. But at the same time, while I, I agree with your your assessment there at the same time, this isn't going to be secure. You're not no, going to be controlling. Yeah, of course. You're not going to be in control of your information. You're not going to be in control of your personal health data. You're not going to be in control of that. Oh, no. Well, they'll give you the illusion by saying, you know, you you, you have control of it on your your phone using the the smart wallet or whatever. Uh, it, it's all encrypted. It's all it's all safe and secure. QR codes, uh, I believe, link to a web page. By the way, it's it's basically a, a a way of having a link without having a link, so that you can you know enter it yourself. Which means it it leads to a web server which means it's unencrypted. Each participant will be able to determine if they would like to use it. Oh, really? You're giving people a choice? But yet, oh, they're giving people a choice, but not really. Yeah, it's kind of like the vaccine. You don't have to take it. We're not going to mandate it. But if you don't have it, then you can't do X, Y, or Z. Yeah, yeah. You won't be able to go to the venue because you don't have it. This is just a rollout for an early version or really it's kind of... um, desensitizing you to the idea of having one of these passports so that, you know, when the ESGs come in into play and social credit, if you will, comes into play, which I think will be the ESGs, that'll be the social credit. They'll throw in, well, no, ESGs cover everything we've talked about because it, it covers the climate change. It covers um, your, social, your social, social credit justice. scoring, yeah. yeah, social justice stuff. And then it also covers your government. So if you look at China, they kind of have an ESG minus the environmental stuff. Because if you and, speak out against the government, you, lose, the you lose points. And, and the, the social, social justice. justice. To be clear, 
the social justice, anti-national, anti-nation, all that stuff, all that agenda, everything we are being force fed here to accept, China has outlawed. Think about that. Think about that. If you go to China, if you're a Chinese citizen and you speak ill against the Chinese nation, what happens to you? Yeah, Bruce, you're, you're laughing. Yeah, but I mean, that's my point is everything that we're told, like we're, we're fed a perpetual diet here of propaganda to hate ourselves. And yet, if you try to do this in China, that's illegal. But at the same time, now think about this. You say, well, what does that have to do with anything? Okay, well, think about this. Where's the QR code coming from? I talked about it yesterday. Where's it coming from? It's not coming from these, these governments. These governments are too stupid to pull this off. They don't know how to do this. They're being told how to do it. Also, um, uh, another thing to point out about China they're not demasculating their men. No, actually, as a matter of fact, I read yesterday, and this is a, this is an actual article. You can go and look this up. A Chinese court determined, yeah, pull this. A Chinese court determined that if you are an LGBTQ plus individual, then you are declared mentally mentally damaged or something. Can, can you look that up and get that exact thing? Uh, yeah, it looks like it uh, can be called a mental disorder. Mental disorder. That was it. But see, see it my. Like- do, you, do you see my point though? I'm. I'm just. I'm. T- I'm explaining the hypocrisy. Okay, that's all I'm doing here. Is I'm explaining the hypocrisy. We're told all day about how we have to accept certain things. I'm not talking about agendas at this moment. Okay, I'm not. I'm not talking about like specific agendas. I'm talking about this one. How we're being conditioned here in the West to accept things that they are not accepting themselves, but it's being forced upon us. And make no mistake about it. China is the player here. They, they are the player behind the scenes of the social credit system. That's where it's coming from. But it's also being done in conjunction with the Western elites here that have designed that system using our technology, our companies, our intellectual properties that they've taken to China to beta test on that society. The Great Firewall in China. You know how they censored the Internet and all that stuff over there? Yeah, that. How do you think they did that? How do you think the Chinese Communist Party is able to how, how do you think they're able to do that? Hmm. Little helping hand from Alphabet, yeah. Specific. Well, I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was specifically. It was Google. I would not doubt that. But it was Cisco Systems and Broadcom specifically. Google had a they their search engine. Yeah, they were trying. It was it like yes. Dragonfly or something like yes. that. Yes, Google. Yeah, Dragonfly. They're they're over there with uh they're over there in bed with uh with that. Of course, they've got offices in in China already. They they moved there years ago. Same thing with Apple. That LGBT uh, uh court case, by the way. Yeah, that was actually filed in Hong Kong. Really? Yeah, and it was the second time that was shot down. Interesting. So, and it was a Chinese court that did it. So, but do you, do you I, see my I, point I, yeah. though? Do you see my point though? Is that we're told all day we're bad, we're evil, we're hateful people if you even question anything involving a social justice agenda, and that is one of them. So basically, what's going on in China? They're actually fortifying their traditions. They're fortifying things that work. They're reinforcing the family. They're reinforcing. I don't want to say religion. Because over there, it's religion of the state. So it's it's not that. So essentially, you can... So the state is basically the religion. So you can't criticize the state. You can't criticize their practices at all. You have to be for it. But to the larger issue, they're actually fortifying their base, their traditions, their foundation. So they know that if you change the foundation of something, then people reject that overall. You can't just go in and change a foundation. But what they found out is through propaganda, through this new form of propaganda they're using, they found out that they actually go into a country or into a, another part of the world, such as here, the West. They don't change our foundation. You notice our foundation hasn't been changed. They don't change that. Instead, what do they do? They attack our values, our beliefs. That's what they attack, not our foundations. They're attempting to change the foundation, though. But it goes to the larger point. They attack the values. They attack the beliefs. And when you do this, when you attack these two things at the top, right, which form a V-shaped connection down to our foundation, okay, if you attack your beliefs and your traditions and your values and all the rest of it, people will demand a foundational change because you've changed so much at the top of what actually grows up from your foundation that they actually demand those mobs that you've you screwed up at the top of society in the beliefs and in the traditions They'll demand a foundational change. And that's what you're starting to see now, right? Yeah. And it's it kind of, to, to your point about the, the changes and shifts, that's also the foundation, though. Like the values that they're going after is technically the foundation, too, uh, at the same time. So it's kind of a, or maybe it's just, uh, yeah, maybe the values come out of the foundation, but the foundation was created by the values. So it's kind of a... Mm-hmm. 
chicken or the egg situation. Yeah, well, you got to you got to be able to make the distinctions. But I mean, as far as like all of our usual values, not not our foundation. So like the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, you know, that's not under attack. But what comes out of that, what's manifested from that, that's under attack. Sort of because the 1619 Project, that was an assault, an affront on. True. Well, I would say a lot of the things that they're abortion and our foundation, you know, 6019, those two are, are attacking life and liberty. Mm-hmm. But see, there that's where the direct attack was, the 1619 project. That was a direct attack at the foundation. And you notice what happened to the 1619 project. It got yeah, we, we, yeah, we have states that are standing up and saying, like, my state, um, it's unconstitutional. We're not going to abide by it. Which, by the way, according to, uh, I heard an interview of of one of our state senators, he actually says that that has it, it's a bit shaky on whether or not it'll get through. Really, I kind of think it'll get through personally, just because if you look at how many of our counties voted for Biden in the last election, um, you you know that people are none of them, by the way, none of the counties voted for Biden. It was one hundred percent Republican. Is that Trump. possible? Uh, well, it is here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair, fair enough. But I, I think it's uh, when you whenever you see like 100% of a, of a county, usually that is unless, of course, you have like seven people no, no, in the not, county, not not like 100% of the county, 100% of all the counties, all together. the counties, all, actually, all okay. the counties. Okay, yeah, I was gonna all say it's statistically impossible to have 100% of right. a vote. Right? Yeah, it, that wasn't no, that wasn't the case. Because you, you have th- uh, places like Oklahoma City, Tulsa, those are those are blue, but yet even though those are blue, they still went red. So um, the entire state went red, basically. Where was what I'm getting at? Where was the talk of West Virginia? The longest standing blue state in the nation's history went red again. The last two elections, that state's gone blood red. No talk of that, or no talk of the bellwether counties. Yeah, none of those. Uh, okay, Joy Behar, you know the uh, the woman from the View. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. What about her? What'd she do? She says that the Democrats should ignore everything on the Cuomo accusations and use the Republican model. Oh, and use the Republican model? Is that what she said? Yes. She said, uh, uh, okay. yes, yeah, she, she says here, she, says she, told, yeah, she told her co-hosts on The View on Tuesday, she said the Democrats should ignore everything regarding the allegations of sexual harassment against Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York using what she claimed as the Republican model. Uh, so, okay. When it was uh, Kavanaugh or any other Republican, you have to believe all women. But when it's your guy, you have to use the system that we've been trying to follow the entire time and giving the person the benefit of the doubt, uh, giving, you know, innocent until proven guilty. And now you're, you're, you're wanting to, to use that same system now that it's your guy on the chopping block. Okay. I guess. I mean, at least somebody's coming to the guy's defense, right? No one else is. Yeah, I mean, Cuomo is scum. Don't get me wrong, but until these are uh, until this is tried in court, he's innocent of this. These are just accusations at this point. And honestly, the stuff that we've seen so far on video, it's creepy. It, it, it's awkward, but I wouldn't say it's to the level of like sexual harassment. And also, the other thing is uh, knowing how New York is. Are New York women so thrown off by a, a, a cheese comment that they're shocked? And left uh, aghast. Like, really? Women around here would have slapped you if you'd done something like what Cuomo did. Are New Yorkers just so not New Yorkers? I mean, I, th- what I'm led to believe like New Yorkers are, I have difficulty believing some of the, uh, the emotional responses that the women are saying that they had. But I don't know. Well, it uh, also that's coming from a guy. So yeah, it, it yeah. also depends. I mean, you, you have to consider the city mindset, Bruce. Yeah, you got to consider the city mindset. Oh, I thought New Yorkers were tough. See, that that's what I'm getting at here well, in we're the not, Midwest. We're, yeah, we're but we're not talking about Hell's Kitchen here, right? We're talking about mm-hmm. not the the kind that that hang out with with Cuomo. These are like the Upper West Side spend their weekend in the Hamptons kind of people. Yeah, the the ones that hold their pinky up when they drink a glass of water, that kind of thing. Mm, mm-hmm, yeah, because mm-hmm. he wants them to eat the whole sausage. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, like I said, it's creepy. It's, it's just it is. It is like it's just it's cre- yeah. It is creepy. Like who says that? Who who on earth says that? And and why would you? That's just ugh. all right. So all right, yeah. So yeah, okay, yeah, whatever. All right, Cuomo. That's enough of that. All right, Texas. Texas, right? Texas. We talked about it yesterday on the morning show. Texas, it was breaking yesterday. A little bit more has come out about it. I saw the speech from Abbott. Texas has lifted 
all restrictions, all of it. Mass mandate gone. Businesses 100% capacity. They're not talking about any COVID passes or or passports or any of that garbage. They're saying just get on with it. Right? Florida. Florida. And I talked to somebody today from Ohio who didn't even know that Florida was even open. I said Florida never closed. Florida never had a mask mandate. DeSantis has done a bang up job down there. He's done a great job. But there are some people that are upset about Governor Greg Abbott's um, decision. And and one of those, one of those is um, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She's uh, she's raging over Texas reopening. She's saying that this endangers the entire country and beyond endangers the entire country. Ninety three point. I love her math here. She's so precise. Ninety three point two percent of Texans aren't fully vaccinated. The state. This is her quote. The state just endured one disaster worsened by selfishness plus denial of basic science. And now conditions are being set for another. So what happens with all this reopening and all that stuff? And then everything continues as normal. Like there's no increase in hospitalizations. There's no increase in any of that. What? What? What's their narrative going to be? Well, uh, we're going to need climate lockdowns at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Like the cases here have been falling since January and there's people screaming in the government saying, what the hell are we doing? Why aren't we opening? So it's just, yeah, it's a mess. Anyway, Cortez went on to say that, um, and I'm just quoting here from her Twitter account. She says that repealing the mask mandate now endangers so many people, especially essential workers and the vulnerable. We are in a pandemic. We know that COVID spread isn't nearly contained by state borders, and explosions in COVID cases can increase the likelihood of new COVID variants to develop or spread to new places. It's dangerous. Um, except none of the data is showing that. It's super dangerous. Well, the thing about the variances, is, and this, this is an extremely important agenda to understand, there is no second wave, there is no third wave, hell, there was no first wave, okay? There was none of that. It's all fear and hype. That's all it is. Now, the variants, the variants are a key part of this agenda. They're a key part of this agenda. And why do I say that? Think about this, right? Think of the slow progression here. First, it was we need masks, right? Well, first it was we didn't need them. Then it was we need them. And you only need to wear them until we get to a vaccine, right? Okay. So you get to the vaccine and then, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no. We've got all these variants now. So it's the next thing. And then, of course, because of all those, now you need the passports, right? So it's the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. It's always the next thing. So the variants, though, where where do those play the key role? The variants are never designed to end. That's the part where it never ends. That's the endemic part of it. That never goes away. So they're always going to use they're going to play the variant part of it because it always perpetuates into more. See, again, they've given us a problem with no solution. So even if there was a solution, they're not interested in a solution because think about it. If COVID goes away, they go away and they're not going to go away. So therefore, COVID's not going to go away. But she wasn't the only one. She wasn't the only one that was upset at Governor Greg Abbott. She wasn't the only one. And I understand that these people are oh, I, I don't even know what to say. I, I don't know what to say because the, these people are revered in our world and they should be taken seriously and they should be listened to. Hollywood celebrities are really upset. They're, they're really upset. They're really they're really pissed off at, at Governor Greg Abbott uh, for opening well, the state too. and lifting the mass mass mandate. They're they're calling the GOP a death cult, hmm. which is oh, so actually what they are. By the way, interesting. Yeah. The death cult is calling the ones that are trying to stop the death cult a death cult. Yes, okay. this is I've, literally. I've, I've failed to see how having something like eighty or ninety million deaths on your because of your party's policies. Um, I, I, I failed to see how the other party is the one that's the death cult. The GOP is a death cult. Howled West Wing and the Handmaiden Tales star uh, Bradley Whitford. I don't even know who this joker is. I, I don't even care. Who later tweeted, pushing policies that unnecessarily kill your own constituents is a core value of today's GOP pro-life my ass. Wait, unnecessarily? So... You're saying abortions are necessary? I'm sorry. <laughs> Fair I, I know yeah. I'm hounding but then on he, that, but... The, well, no, then he dogs on pro-life, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he later tweeted, he says the GOP is a death cult. He was responding in a tweet to uh, Governor Greg Abbott saying, I just announced Texas is open 100% everything. I also ended the statewide mask mandate. My body, my choice. I mean, we, we've well, talked no, about see, that Bruce, before. Well, no, see, Bruce, it's not... No, 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 it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about everyone else. Do your... Patriotic duty. Isn't that what Biden said? Do your patriotic duty. If, if it's the case of the other person, then I should be holding you down, vaccinating you. Because if you're the problem, the other person, I'm supposed to save the other person, right? Then you should be the one getting the vaccine, not me. Because I'm trying to save you, not myself. So 
Why don't you go get the vaccine? Well, Bruce, they don't have time for that. They, they don't have time for that. There, there's other more important people out there that need the vaccine other than them. They're just lowly public servants, right? They, they don't have time for that, right? Just like the, just like mm-hmm. the government here. They, they would take them if only they could. Right? If only mm-hmm. they could. Yeah. Mm-hmm. More celebrities weighed in on it. Stephen King. Yeah. The uh, the book book author. Yeah. Stephen King. He says, Greg Abbott's decision to reopen Texas is premature. I'm surprised that's all Stephen King said, to be fair. He said some pretty, pretty horrific stuff uh, in, in the last few months. Rosanna Arquette. I, again, don't know who that is. Somehow managed to uh, make it. You don't know? Yeah, got me. Yeah, okay. She says that Putin sure has a cozy relationship with President Lopez uh, Obrador of Mexico. It's also close to maskless Texas. Do these people do cocaine in their spare time or something? That's a a loaded question. Don't answer that. Michael McKean, again, don't know who that is. Uh, Governor Greg Abbott is actively canceling Texans. Uh, Okay. Adam Goldberg, again, don't know who that is. Uh, Don't mess with Texas. They'll F stuff up for themselves. The governor lifts mass mandate despite health officials' warnings. Uh, that was, of course, by, you know, that was an article put out by CNN. So all these blues are saying the red state is killing their own when it was the blue states that got bailed out with the COVID relief bill because the red states largely remained open. Hmm. Yeah. And you watch the Texas economy. It's going to burn white hot now. You watch it. You watch it. Uh, Mike Berbigula, I again, I, I don't know who these people are. I don't even care. He put a quote up. Biden says, let's vaccinate everybody. The Texas governor says, let's kill everybody. I, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know who this is either. Um, I've, and in fact, many of the names that they're either past stars from like the 80s or something like that, um, or they're just unknown to me. And here's the thing about the celebrities. The Golden Globes apparently just happened, what was it, like yesterday or the day before or something? I don't know. I don't even care. Sunday, I I think. Sunday. Okay. The ratings were down by 60, just over 60% this year. It was like 64%. They were down. (laughs) 64%. That's funny. These people are a sick joke. No one cares anymore. No one cares. I mean, this is what I was talking about the other day when you were saying that you know, we were we were going we were talking on the exclusive. I I went back and I was um I, I was reviewing something on that today to make sure we we covered it correctly. And when we were talking about that system, right, the old system and people accepting the new stuff as compared to the old stuff, Hollywood's dying, right? We're on the verge of breaking away from this stuff. I mean, that's that's what all this is about. Is we're on the verge of breaking out of these people's control for good, for good, and they don't want to lose that control. They don't want to lose that power. Hollywood's dead. Hollywood's dead. It's been dead. Hell, six of the eight Hollywood production houses were bailed out over 10 years ago by the Chinese Communist Party. They, they were bankrupt a decade ago. That's why they've been putting out garbage for the last 10 years. It's what's caused them to die. Same thing with the TV shows. The TV shows are terrible. You can't even watch them now. The old I way to watch is those for like 20 years. Yeah, I, I, I can't watch them either. The old way is done. That's my point. The old way is done. That's over with. And they know it. So their propaganda through the entertainment doesn't work anymore, except on a very small minority of people that still buy into it. Social media. It's estimated by 2025 that Facebook will have more dead people on it than people that are actually alive. And those are numbers before the censorship. I think Twitter will die first, by the way. Yes. Over Facebook. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. The media. Okay, the media, I don't even have to I don't even have to say with that. Their ratings have been in the toilet for more than a decade and they've gotten progressively worse, literally progressively worse. The media, some of their highest rated shows have less than a million viewers on some of those networks. Their highest rated shows. Who would pay for these networks if they weren't part of your cable or satellite package? Who would pay for those except for the city dwellers of which a lot of those people have vacated because of COVID? If you could pick and I've, I've heard this argument before, if you could go through and you could pick your TV package, if you still have a TV package, if you could go through and you could pick instead of buying the package, you know, the one that they give you for like $100 or $150, whatever the hell it is. If you're in the city, $250. If you could go through and you could pick at $2 a channel. How many of those channels would you actually buy? And how many of those networks would you pay for? If you're asking me personally, none of them. And the, the sole reason is because commercials. I cannot exactly. stand. You made my point. You made my point. If it wasn't for the advertising industry of big pharma, specifically big pharma, these people wouldn't be in business. The media companies, they're bankrolled by big pharma, mostly, not all, but mostly. Every other ad you see on, on a 
major media network is a drug ad. That's why they're for the or food. That's why they're pushing the vaccines. Do you think that a group of people that are running a media company that are getting advertising dollars from a big pharma company are going to give you hope of something other than a vaccine? It's not going to happen. So no one's buying the the trash from the media. People are getting self-educated. They opened Pandora's box with social media and the smartphones. Okay, that's what they did. But they did it in it was it's a double edged sword, though. That's the problem with it. It's a system that can be used as potential control, but it's also a system that you can use to educate yourself and fight back against it, which is what some of us have done because we could pick out what was happening more than 10 years ago. And that's why we're sitting here today. You can educate yourself through that system that they have created to enslave you. You can do that, but it requires effort. So people were in the process of getting their news from other sources, whether that's social media or going out and researching something or someone live streaming something that you can see in real time and you don't get it through a filter of what comes through the television. They don't control the narrative anymore. The people don't trust the politicians, certainly not now. The people don't trust the social media companies. The people don't trust the pharma companies. They don't trust the entertainment. What more do they have? But see, now you have COVID. Donald Trump got elected. The Brits voted to leave the European Union. You were starting to see a populist resurgence across the EU. Once the Brits decided that they were done, and they voted not once but twice to leave, overwhelmingly, it was a landslide in both cases. Well, the first vote, it was, I want to say it was like 54%. You can't really call that a landslide. But nonetheless, it happened. And so the inflection point of the resurgence to break away from that system, that old dying system, was set. The financial system is screwed. They screwed it up. The banks and everything, all that should have gone bust over 10 years ago. They didn't let it happen. Actually, we allowed them to continue that. But my point is, is that they are toast. They're done. This is endgame. They have nothing else. We're in the process of breaking away from everything. The cryptocurrencies are on the rise. You notice they're being they're being attacked left and right now because that is individuals taking back control of their own finances and their own destinies. You can educate yourself. You don't need their institutions anymore. You can finance yourself. You don't need their institutions anymore. You can think for yourself. You don't need to be told what to do anymore. You can maintain your own health. You can be responsible. You can be self-governed. You can be an individual. And that's something that they cannot tolerate. And so guess what? Now we're given a system that makes us dependent on them, doesn't it? Well, you need us to give you these permissions to live your life. You see, they weren't relevant anymore in the old way. So they have to re-engineer the old way. It's like it's like taking a puzzle, a jigsaw puzzle, and you take it apart and you've got the pieces scattered all over the place. Well, you can put it back together in your own way, can't you? And that's what they're doing. But they're putting it back together on their terms, not ours. See, we put it back together after the end of the war on our terms, and they didn't like that. They screwed it up. They don't admit fault. They always double down. And they'll double down again and again and again and again like a degenerate gambler, because that's all they are. Like I said, Schwab, Gates, these are the village idiots. That's all they are. They're, They're nobodies. They got a lot of money and they got a lot of clout, and people are scared of them. You expect the politicians to fight for you when they're scared of that? These people are scared of their own shadows. If any one of these so-called leaders was an actual leader, then they would be up there fighting against these people, not running for them. You disagree? I, I still not. I'm still not sure that they're afraid. That one is is one that I'm. I'm the politicians? Of. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're cowardly, spineless. Ki- I mean, they're, they're nothing. They're nothing. They will not stand for anything. If anyone stands up, if anyone stands up and tries somehow, some way to fight back against that agenda, look what happens to them. All politicians care about is their reputation. They don't give a damn about anything else. Look at Boris Johnson. If the wind was blowing another way, Boris Johnson would be at the forefront of it. But he's not because Boris Johnson is a coward. He won't actually stand up for something because he doesn't believe in anything himself. He goes with the wind. He's an opportunist, just like the rest of these politicians. They're opportunists. They think the wind is blowing a certain way because they're so disconnected from reality, but they don't have a spine. They don't have enough wherewithal, enough fight in them to fight for something reasonable, something just, something with substance, something that's traditional, something that's good, something that's wholesome. They don't want to do that. That's implying, though, that the, the politicians are ideologues, that they that they had something that they believed in in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my point is don't, they don't. They don't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I that, that's why I'm saying I don't think they're afraid of any like I don't think they're afraid of like 
having a policy and standing up for the policy because their policy is lining their pockets. So they'll follow whatever agenda it is that gets them money. And in this case, this is the current agenda that's going to get them money. So in a sense, I guess I guess I could agree with you. They're afraid of stepping out of line to where they don't line their pockets anymore. I could, I could agree with that. But to your point earlier, uh, talking about uh, breaking things up and reshaping it into your own uh, imagination of what it should be. Isn't that the imagery we see with, uh, what is it, kind of the Soviet uh, Marxist idea to where uh, you you bathe the world in fire and then re- reshape it into your, reforge it, yeah, into, reforge your, it into your own image, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which the words used there, reforming into your own image, has a very, very religious feel to it because uh, that wordage is also used uh, in the Bible when God created man in his mm-hmm. own image, kind of. Almost like a god. Yeah, but to them, to them, God is, you know, something to be rejected to them. The state is God and they represent what the state is. So they believe in turn that they are gods and they are not. They are scum. These like this is the lowest form of human life. This right here, like these people who on earth, who on earth would want to control another human being except someone with malintent? Who on earth would want to do that? And that's exactly what these people want to do. And that's exactly who these people are. Very rarely, very rarely in history have we seen someone as a true benefactor, right? Someone that uh, is beneficial to the people they're ruling over, right? So that's very rare to see someone that does that. Everyone that gets into power and has control is exactly as you said, that they have malintent. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. There might be an exception to this rule. Dr. Anthony Fauci, perhaps? America's doctor? No. No? Uh, the, the guy that has told the the one of the greatest economies in world history to shut down over the flu, the common cold. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I got some good news. He was given a million dollars last, or was it two weeks ago? He was given a million dollars for his uh, truthful, whatever, being a, a, a an agent of truth or something during the entire COVID pandemic or whatever. But something else. He's being bestowed with another honor now. Now, he himself, he himself. Aware. Oh. He himself has created his own personal model of the coronavirus itself. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Dr. Fauci has had this little educational tool that he made up of of this virus, right? He's got this little thing. Here's the good news. Are, Are you ready for this? Dr. Fauci is going to be giving his personal 3D model that he made of the coronavirus to the Smithsonian Museum. Honestly, I, I agree that actually should be something that is marked down in history. Uh, COVID-19 is the greatest scam pulled on the world. I, I won't deny that. Uh, the donation came as Fauci was awarded the museum's Great Americans Medal. He was given the Great American Medal. See, the, the stellar individual he is for his work during the pandemic. Oh, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm saying this. And on other diseases, including HIV and AIDS and tuberculosis. He was a disaster during the HIV epidemic. Dr. Fauci has helped save millions of lives and advance the treatment and our understanding of infectious and immunological diseases across more than five decades of public service. That means he's a politician. He's not a doctor. So, yeah, that that was going to be my question is what did he what did he discover? What did he do? Uh, You know, as far as I know, all he did was tell people to shut down businesses. Yeah. And spin you in circles and fill you full of despair and depression and and no hope and yeah all the rest of it and he's yeah. still doing it he's still doing yeah. it yeah yeah lied to you said don't wear masks and then he said no do wear masks and then don't vaccinate no, the don't kids we no need to do that and then we got yeah well yeah. now we got to vaccinate all the kids now we have to vaccinate infants you hear this one this is the newest one. Oh yeah well you you, you heard about the one report that uh, a child died in the womb from COVID-19 yeah I heard about that yeah why why is the Democrat party all of a sudden care about Children in the womb. I mean, it's kind of a double standard, don't you think? Fauci's model was made with a 3D printer and portrays the components of the complete infectious form of the virus, including the spike protein responsible for the virus's ability to latch onto cells and cause infection. That's actually the part that he developed. <laughs> just, just, just saying. Well, to be clear, he didn't develop it. He funded. Okay. The okay. Development he funded the devel- the development of that gain of function. Yes. Okay. Fair, fair point. Fair point. Fauci's model will live in the National Medicine and Science Collections at the Smithsonian, but apparently it's, his, it's not his first appearance in the museum. The Smithsonian houses other Fauci memorabilia. Well, this guy's a... Why is this guy... Why, like, why don't we have t-shirts of this guy? Why, oh, why we don't do. we have... Oh, do we? 
Yeah, there's t-shirts, underwear, candles, hats, mugs. Interesting. I remember they were making Fauci donuts in the early days. Yeah, they were putting actually like his photo on the donuts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Of course, yeah. the donut will, yeah, it's literally poison. You might as well. Oh, yeah. they, anyway. they have candles too. Like, you know, the Catholic Fauci chair candles. candle kind of a thing Fauci or candles. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it looks like Fauci and I he has the little saint. You know how they do the saint glow halo thing that the Catholics do? You know, do, I, I you know? joke about saying the sainted Dr. Anthony Fauci, but you're telling me that's literally like one step away from that. The Smithsonian Fauci, yeah. okay. Uh, so they also put a photo of a man sporting a Fauci t-shirt. Okay, I guess they're all right. Yeah. And a 1995 oral history featuring interviews related to the AIDS crisis, which he screwed up, by the way. Smithsonian curators are currently collecting items related to the pandemic for a future exhibition in sickness and in health, which will memorialize 200 years of medicine in the U.S., which we've made an absolute mockery of in the last year. The museum said it will seek additional items related to Fauci's public health work. You better put the donut in there, too. That uh, 3D model looks like. Uh uh, like an ocean planet with a bunch of nuclear explosions going off. Those look like mushroom yeah. clouds. Yeah. Yeah. Funny thing about, uh, funny thing about nuclear weapons. You know, the Russians might've lost a hundred of them. No, you don't say. No, I'm dead serious. I, I, I mean, I, I'm not surprised. I, I just, I don't know where to go with that one. Cause I, I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm, I'm just either. I, actually, I mean, you know, it's possible they just miscounted or we do have some crazy loons out there now that are talking about ruling the world and you know they might have just kind of acquired one or two of those you know ruling the world who would, who would want to do that who would want to take well, over the yeah. world like that yeah no, uh, nobody would want to do that it's a, it's a new normal right it's for the betterment of society everybody will choose to do it on their own volition that is of course if you give people a choice and they're not giving people a choice because if you give people a choice in this system they'll say no well if you give people a choice um that leaves the possibility for them to do something stupid. And we can't have society doing something stupid. We're trying to improve society. We're trying to save the lives of those people. We're trying to save the planet. Yes, Bruce. That's why, that's precisely why we need climate lockdowns. Is exactly that right there. We need climate lockdowns because we got to save, we got to save the planet. It's the only thing that will work is climate lockdowns. That, to, to your point there, that's also why we have to have um, hydrogen cell powered self-driving cars uh, we have to get off of, you know, natural gas, you know, all that kind of stuff, because you're I'm actually, too stupid to I, do I'm your actually, own thing. Yeah, I'm actually on board with hydrogen cells. I know. Oh, I, I agree. I, I agree. But I put that in there as a new normal, right? That that was the normal part, if you will, because I knew you we were for the hydrogen cells, but you're not for the self-driving cars. No. It was. Well, OK, it, let, it let was, me. OK, it was on. me being a. It was me being a Democrat is what I was getting at. Yeah, okay, hold on a second. Okay, so the autonomous cars, I'm not for them being fully autonomous. I'm for oh, that they're, system. They're going to be fully autonomous. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah. But I'm for it being an option, okay? Something you can add, okay? That's what I'm for. That Okay, so I'm, I'm not against autonomous. Yes, I, I'm not against autonomous. If that's the way the market goes, that's the way the market goes. But the fact is the market isn't going that way. It's being pushed that way. It's being fueled that way on purpose. You're taking away people's right to choose. You're not asking. You're telling them. You're going to have driverless yeah. cars. Why do you want to drive a car? Why? Why do you want to drive a car? Google said this like 10 years ago. I remember him saying it. They said, you needn't concern yourselves with the stresses of everyday driving. You should be focused on more important things like enjoying a glass of wine and a baguette. Hmm. Yeah. So you should. Uh, who in the hell? Not travel. Yeah. Like who? Who the hell says that? Except some disconnected lunatic. Well, so there is a rising generation that would happily give up their freedom to drive. A, a, a good portion of the generation that would. So yeah, I could see it coming in the future. The thing is, is whether or not it's pushed on us, it's going to come. Uh, I mean, if you look at it just on paper, it, it's safer. It's, I mean, just from a, you know, on paper standpoint, it's going to be safer. That's okay. what they're going to push. Whether oh. or not it really is, it doesn't matter. They're going to push that. And so because of the the narrative they're going to use and how effective we see propaganda is today, and if you're wondering, is propaganda really effective? Propaganda doesn't work on me. Of course not. I'm, I'm better than that. Uh -huh. What's your opinion of COVID? I'm actually, if I'm going to do an autonomous car, there's only one autonomous car that I would have. And I think you already know what it is. Hmm. Let's hear it. Tesla. Yeah, yeah. I, do you I know would, why? I would. Do you know I, why? I, I, why is that? Because there is, 
That is the only electric car out there. And actually, it's the only car out there that I know of. Because now you have like the drive modes that you select when you get in the cars. So I've got mm-hmm. like, I have a hybrid and I've got uh, a small little hatchback, a sport hatchback. And they have two modes, right? The small sport hatchback has regular drive and sport mode. And then you have the other one that has normal mode, sport mode. The hybrid has normal mode, sport mode, and electric vehicle. Okay. When you get into a Tesla, you have normal, you have sport, and you have ludicrous. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I want the ludicrous mode, okay? Uh, yeah, it doesn't have the mileage when you do ludicrous, but uh, the amount of acceleration you have. Yeah. What, what was I understand. Something like 800 pounds of torque or something crazy said, like that? I, I was listening more. to him on a podcast uh, last uh, a few days ago. I was telling you about it. And I think, I think, I don't recall off the top of my head, but uh, I don't recall the, the specifics, but I, I'm pretty sure it was zero to 60 in like 1.8 seconds or something. It was st- Stupid how fast that was. Yeah, um, it was insanely fast. Like you I, would, I he said, he said you could be at a dead stop at an, inter, at an intersection. And by the time you got to the other side of the intersection, so it's, by the time you got from crosswalk to crosswalk, you were at 60 miles an hour. Yeah, that that is some crazy. Well, I mean, you don't have the gears, right? It's not shifting gears to it's all one solid, steady acceleration. Can you imagine? Uh, especially if you like, have the four motor s- model. Being sucked back in your seat like that—that's gotta be some like that's you gotta be taking some serious G's. There's gotta be a G meter in that thing. It has to be. I I remember my uh, I had some family members that were back in the back in the day. They would uh, make muscle cars. You know, they would build muscle cars themselves. Uh-huh. It was their own car, and they would just you know yeah, yeah. you know how it was back in like the fifties and sixties yep. and seventies and back when anyway, cars were cars. Yeah, uh, back when cars were cars. This person had a um, a. Uh, I forget which model it was. I'm I'm horrible with cars, but he would always joke about being able to um, take a dollar bill and tape it to the dash and challenge people to grab the the money off the dashboard when he accelerates it and and acceleration because the amount of g force that you experience during that time period you can't grab it you get plastered into your seat you know i asked i asked somebody once a mutual friend of ours from uh from england i was talking to him once about uh classic american cars you know you can get classic american muscle cars in europe pretty cheap if you can catch them at the right time and there's a big market for it here uh you go to like the classic american muscle car shows here which i've done that you know they have like the drive-ins the cruise-ins or whatever at a town or parking lot or whatever and it's really cool to go and see especially if you're an american you're like oh my god there's a 69 gto fully restored you know it's incredible and you see these cars and uh, you know you can tell me what you want right but you cannot beat. i don't think anybody that that has a love for vehicles or anything you cannot beat classic american muscle you just can't do it you can't do it there's nothing else like it you can give me a choice and this is the conversation i had i can already tell bruce disagrees with me this is the conversation i had with a friend of mine in england and i said he asked me once he says if you could would you take one of the because let's be let's be honest if you want a modern luxury car right these days that's got power comfort uh you know all the technological advances and everything who do you call you call the germans right you call mercedes you call bmw you call audi you know that's who you call they got the market nailed down for that and bravo to them they're great cars but would i rather have one of those would i rather have an audi s5 or would i take a 1969 pontiac gto which one would i take if i had the choice which one would i take that's not even a question I would have that 69 GTO all day long, every day, because it's not the technological advances and the comfort and all that stuff. That's not what it is. That's not what it is. It's so much more than that. It's about the feeling of driving that car and feeling the rumble of the chassis when you push down on the accelerator. You feel it all the way to your core when you you feel that machine just rattling you as you're driving. You know, the the play in the steering wheel. The turn signal that doesn't work half the time, the seat belt that that doesn't that doesn't reach across you, the slide on the uh, on the seats if it's not a bucket seat, you know, because it's a, it's the leather, and of course it's pinching you because it's cracked. The the smell of the oil, the burning oil coming off the engine. It's just the experience of it. It's feeling that. It's feeling the the power of man and machine. It's not something that is sitting there taking more readings on you than what you're actually experiencing when you're driving the car. No. Granted, all that stuff is nice, it's comfortable, it's got heated seats and all that stuff, fine. But that's not what it's about. That's what driving has become, but that's not what driving is. That's not what experiencing, the the feeling of, of man and machine, that's not what that is. That's 
technology, that's engineering, that's where everything's progressed. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but what I'm saying is, is that we've gone so far now, and of course now it's we're being taken out of the equation completely. We're not even being asked or consulted. The experience is being removed. The feeling of of having something that is fulfilling and, and wholesome and giving you a good feeling about something, that's being removed and being replaced with this boring, drab, useless thing that you just have to do. Hunk of plastic that you drive. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's just so crap. The the one thing I'll well, I got a story quick and then I'll I'll get to my disagreement uh, with with your point there. This same person I was telling you about with the the dollar bill story, they actually had another car that uh, the the torque on the engine was so much they actually snapped the motor mounts from the the torque on it and they ended up having to do some big ass chain to the Anyway, I disagree only in this point. I agree with the uh, the going with the muscle car, the classic muscle car. You, you you can't beat that. There's one thing in my mind that would beat that, but it doesn't beat it because it doesn't exist yet. So the muscle car still wins. That's um, true actual hover tech. Not not none of this, you know, using. Uh, uh, rotors and whatnot, creating an air pocket or not none of this, uh, you know, the helicopter, uh, you know, quadcopter thing that they're trying to push off now. True hover tech in the sense of uh, think like Independence Day or Star Trek or Star Wars, you know, any of those to where it's levitating itself off the ground using whether it's magnets, anti-grav, whatever the tech is. Uh, if we had vehicles that did that, that would win hands down, um, in my opinion. Well, just so happens that uh, that Musk agrees with you, and he's working on it. He says that he's working on a car that can literally hover without no propellers or anything like that, no not, none of the stuff, rotors or anything, something that can hover up to one meter off the ground. And I like it. Hell, why not put? He said he's going to make it something like a James Bond thing. He's going to have some rockets come out of like where the license plate is. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he wants to do. Yeah, there, actually, he's done that for one of his cars already. Or experimented with, I should say. Did he ever tell you about the car that he launched into space? Did, I did, did hear, hear about the, that. Yeah, did you ever hear about yeah. the story of that? Uh, <laughs> maybe, but refresh me. So basically, he was because it's actually his car, by the way, mm -hmm. that's up there that's orbiting around Mars now. It's actually his car. He was in the garage with one of his buddies, and they thought, "Why don't we just strap a rocket to this thing and see what happens?" <laughs> <laughs> and so they got in right and they started firing it up and musk was like all right just give it some more delta b let's go let's go <laughs> and it just one thing turned into another and he says now that's my car that's orbiting mars he's the kind of billionaire that i like yeah yeah uh, someone told me earlier uh, this week they said he is a bit crazy on certain things but when it comes to the stuff that he's doing that's real innovation right there. That is real innovation. And you know something? The elites, like the you know Schwab and company, they hate him. <laughs> they can't stand him because he represents progress. And that's the kind of progress that puts scum like that out of business. I think the feeling is a little mutual. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know that he hates them. I'm not really sure. No, 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 no. Uh, not, not Musk. But, I was talking about Schwab. No, no. I, I understand. But I'm saying the feeling's mutual from his perspective towards oh, them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I can't actually speak for him because I can't really see him based on his demeanor and how he acts. I can't really see him being like that. So I don't know. Well, Schwab maybe, hates everybody. Maybe he is, but Schwab hates know. everybody. Could you? you no, look no. At the I guy? mean, I mean Musk. I mean oh, Musk. Oh, yeah, okay. Fair point. Fair point. Yeah. I, you know what? I think I think Musk just wants to get on with it. He strikes me as a type of person. If you listen to him, he, he strikes me as a type of person like he doesn't even address that because. I think he feels like he's above it. He has almost the same kind of attitude like I have. Just go away, right? I, I don't have time for this. We, we got other yeah. things to do. Get lost, you know? And, and I like that. I like that. Based on his personality and everything, and and uh, honestly, he looks... I relate more to that because it, it, it's basically when it comes to like the emotional, the petty, the the little, you know, infighting and all that kind of... I, I don't care. I, I really don't care. And that yeah. I think that's kind of his mindset on it. I, I don't care. It doesn't, it doesn't help anybody... It doesn't benefit anyone. It doesn't uh, progress us as a, uh, a people. It's just infighting that uses division. So yeah, he didn't even bother to respond to the uh, the Washington Post uh, columnist last week. She was asking for a comment about uh, these allegations against him on the uh, from the SEC for the the Bitcoin thing, and she says, uh, "Do you have a comment on that?" And he says, "No. Give my regards to your boss." <laughs> so I love it. Yeah, like I said, he's my kind of billionaire. Yeah.
All right. We're out of time, so we are going to have to go. But uh, fascinating as always. Hopefully we get Marty back tomorrow. Hope so. It's been a while since we've had him on. It'd be great to have him back, get his perspective on things. we got a lot to talk about tomorrow. We are promoting our Telegram channel. We were at almost 100 subscribers yesterday, and today we hit 106. All right. Thanks for that. I appreciate yeah, that. Appreciate it. Yeah. Welcome to all of you new listeners. That's uh, that's fantastic. Thank you all very much. It means a lot to us. We hope you enjoy the content that you're getting. We are promoting our Telegram channel. For those of you who have not got, gone over to Telegram, get signed up for it. Get into the app store. Download the app. Get registered. Search for us when you get there. Search for Dynamic Independence. We're a public channel. We will pop right up. Subscribe to us. You will get all of our podcasts we put out here every day. And you will also get an exclusive podcast that we put out once a week only for our Telegram subscribers. So if you want that extra content, then be sure and get signed up to us and get subscribed to us on Telegram. It's free of charge. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We are trying to grow here as much as possible, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we'd appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars to be a plus. Thank you very much. That will do it for today. Thanks for being here, Bruce. Thank you to all of the listeners. We will see all of you tomorrow. Tomorrow.